Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network and the first episode of a new series, Talking Turfweeds, brought to you by our friends at Corteva AgriScience. Over the course of this spring and summer, Talking Turfweeds will highlight a quartet of troublesome weeds with perspective and advice from agronomic experts. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and I'll be joined today for this premiere episode for a conversation about thistle by Dr. Jared Hoyle. Jared is Territory Manager for Turf and Ornamental for Corteva, and for seven years before that, he was an Associate Professor, Extension Turfgrass Specialist, and Director of the Rocky Ford Turfgrass Research Center at Kansas State University. Before that conversation, though, a quick word from Corteva AgriScience from the fairway to the green. Your turf matters, and Corteva AgriScience is here to help you defend it. The turf and ornamental portfolio from Corteva AgriScience helps you tackle tough weeds and other course challenges quickly so you can focus on what matters most. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you'll spend less time battling those troublesome turf challenges and more time building the picture-perfect experience for your members. Corteva AgriScience. Growing agriculture. After the break, Dr. Jared Hoyle. Our guest on this first episode of Talking Turfweeds, Dr. Jared Hoyle. He is the territory manager for Corteva AgriScience. As mentioned in the intro, we're going to talk about thistle. I have a lot of weeds in my yard. I don't think I have any thistle. Jared, welcome to the podcast. And before we dive into any strategies, before we talk at all about pollinators in native areas, before we even talk about thistle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh the invitation and talk about a, uh, a very pokey or or pessimistic weed here, thistle. I appreciate you inviting me on and uh, all is well here. We had a little bit of information about you in the intro, but just a little bit more. Where are you based? How long have you been with Corteva? And a lifetime of weeds it has to be interesting, I imagine. Yes, uh, I have been nicknamed a nozzle head in the past. Um, cause if, it could, if it could get put through a sprayer, I've probably tried to do it, uh, whether it be testing products, new, old, or mixing a lot of uh, kitchen sink concoctions. But I'm based here out of Manhattan, Kansas, um, just west of uh, Kansas City, here in the Great Plains, here right in the middle of the United States, in the middle of the northwest part of the, I would say, the transition zone. So we get a little bit of all the different uh, environments around here. I've been with Corteva just over two years coming from the university, and so we decided to stay here in Manhattan and cover the Midwest states, um, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa, and part of a, uh, a larger team, Corteva Turf and Ornamental Team that consists of many turf territory managers, field scientists, account managers, and a great group, so I'm, I'm very happy to be with Corteva and uh, be in this area and location. I am curious, Missouri and Kansas especially, Kansas City really, but Missouri, Kansas, and, and that whole stretch of the Midwest, like a lot of the Midwest, even out across the Great Lakes, really, really 
weird, cold spring that stretched into late April and really early May. How did that affect anything that you were doing? Did it did it keep the weeds, thistle and otherwise, from popping up when they normally would? Or, or what was your spring like this year? It was a wild spring. Here in the Midwest, you know, I've done a lot of looking at soil temperatures and I look at, you know, different weather patterns. And I see historically the snow belt was a little bit more north. Um, this year, it kind of passed a little bit more southern into my area and then up towards kind of Des Moines and, and up to the northeast, where typically it's a little bit flatter line. So we saw a really dry winter above that, which caused a lot of problems for a lot of turfgrass professionals and turfgrass managers. But also leading into the spring, it, kept, it felt like spring just kept holding on and the soil temperatures kept staying below those typical germination temperatures, whether it be for broadleaf weeds like thistle or, or for like the grassy weeds. And so that cooler spring um, kind of had to transition a lot of our management practices and recommendations. But what I'm fearful of here in this Midwest is that it's going to continue through uh, our summer. It's just going to be a little bit longer. And so hopefully we just keep an eye out for that. And uh, the heat's coming if it's not already there. And um, it's, it's, I just have a feeling it's going to stick around. And so it may be October before October, November, before it finally cools off. But um, it is definitely thrown a wrench into weed management strategy this past year. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And I know we'll be curious to hear from you and others uh, how the changing seasons affect weed management. Today, the conversation topic is thistle. You'd mentioned earlier just a, a prickly little guy. What exactly is thistle and where in the U.S. does it grow most frequently, would you say? So we're going to, I'll just go ahead and say there's a bunch of different varieties of thistles. There's some common ones that we see around Canada, bull, tall thistle, but there is actually, I was looking through the Weed Science Society of America book just kind of before this um, conversation, just to kind of go through and really look at the territories because I know the main ones that fall around here. Um, but I wanted to kind of see which ones were in different other areas. It could be a perennial or a, a biennial plant. Um, so perennial year after year, biennial means, you know, grows to the rosette and then puts up the seed the next year, but it does reproduce by seeds. So those seeds and those flowers um, is the dispersal mechanism, just like all the other weeds that make it a very problematic weed. But there's all different ones, so it could it could be a different life cycle depending upon your location, even though it's the same species. But if you are located in the United States, thistle will be a problem depending upon the species. Um, oh, so, yeah, so it's 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 one of those things that it it just depends on which which variety or which species you have. For example, in the northern areas, um, it's mostly like Canada thistle or plumeless thistle, central, eastern, yellow, and tall. Central Western, maybe wavy leaf, but then um, just about anywhere else in the in the United States, you got bull and musk thistle. So it doesn't matter. There's going to be thistle around everywhere. I don't think I knew it was everywhere in the U.S. That's wild. Yeah, it's a, it just all depends on the species. In general, we'll talk about just thistle in general today, but just it's nice to be aware that a B golf course or this area over here or whatever it is, they all could have thistle, but it could be a different species. So point note to self is always go in and look and see what it is. Um, really try to identify it too, just just to help management strategies a little bit better too. And that goes with all weeds, you know, but long story short, there's thistle everywhere. 
You mentioned management strategy. We will get to that in just a minute. Before we talk about that, what role, if there is any positive role, I don't know if there is, does thistle play on golf courses or in other natural areas? Well, in any natural area, in any plant diversification or diversity is important, whether it be to habitat management, whether it be to pollinators, but having a very diverse native area is super important, whether it be golf courses or what's whatnot. But uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to flip and say there are a lot of, there are a lot of things about thistle, for example, that can make it very problematic in native areas because of the plant itself, that it has spines on it, that it can reproduce quickly, can lead to hazards, whether it be in native areas. So the role on golf courses may not be uh, as beneficial in, in having that plant in the native areas than it is as the biodiversity or, or the habitat management type thing. So I know it, it sounds funny, but the role of thistle in golf courses and natural areas it may be our role of keeping it out for golfer safety and for the invasiveness of it. Because in a lot of places, thistle is, is considered a noxious and invasive weed. In my research, I found this old, old, and I do mean old, note about some of the benefits of thistle. The early Roman naturalist, Pliny the Elder, he wrote that thistle could help regrow hair. Other ancient scientists pegged it as a cure for headaches or jaundice or canker sores or vertigo or plague, which sounds ridiculous. I can't imagine with modern science any of these have been substantiated. I mean, there are benefits, but not, not like that. Well, it's, you know, we have just lived through a, a, a two-year pandemic, and I've seen a lot of crazier things been said about uh, different cures for, for what we have currently been through. But from my understanding, and I'm not a uh, expert when it comes to the medicinal benefits of thistles, but from what I have looked at and what I have looked into, I think what they're talking about is a different species even though um, it is a thistle it's called like a milk thistle from there's biblical a biblical story i think that goes behind it um and there's a lot of claim benefits you know like you said the headaches jaundice um, vertigo and whatnot but i'm gonna say since i'm not an expert in that area my recommendation would be let's not go into the native areas and cut it down and start rubbing it on us to try to cure a bunch of stuff um, until we know exactly what we're dealing with. <laughs> There's something to be said for natural remedies, but let's consult with our medical professionals first. Exactly, exactly. And and like I said, I'm not an expert in that area. That would be one of those things that I would have to do a lot of research and consult other experts. I think that with a lot of plants, out there, whether it be weeds or, or, or cultivated plants, there are a lot of positive things. And it wouldn't doubt me if there is something, but like I said, I think they're talking about a different species. So I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go rub a bunch of bull thistle or uh, musk thistle, especially musk thistle. You might not smell very good after that. <laughs> In terms of management plans, you mentioned that a couple of minutes ago. I imagine most golf course superintendents and other turf pros have plans to manage thistle and other weeds if they don't what do you recommend jared well first of all i always stop and step back and look at management of your native and natural areas and then what are you doing on the course like what are you able to do um what equipment do you have 
and then also step back and look and see what am I, what time do I have to do? What goals do I have? Is it habitat management? Is it resource management? What are, what is the overarching goal of your native and naturalized areas? It's easy for us as, as turf grass managers to say, I have this weed. What is it? What controls it? That is a very important part of it. But with native areas, um, and especially golf course superintendents, we're seeing the benefits of these native areas, whether it be the habitat management, the resource management, uh, the playability, the aesthetics of it. But we also still have to con or we still have to concentrate on greens, tees, fairways, and roughs. And so a lot of times these native areas are put into the back of our mind. But what we're quickly finding out is that they are take some management and they take some time to do it right. So I always say step one is take step back and just think about it. How can I get the biggest benefit of managing this native areas to 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 hit my goals as a turf manager without putting too much time and effort into it and get some time back to me to maybe focus on on some other things. So that's where I always like to start. But there are different places to start when it comes to managing thistle in in native areas. And the one thing that I first go to is just mowing or when are you mowing depending on the native species that you have you could be mowing in the spring you could be mowing in the fall i know superintendents that mow year round and that's just due to the fact that they can't get to all their native at one time so they have to periodically mow it throughout the year um, or they mow high profile areas to knock weeds down to for playability type thing so that, that's the first thing, because many a times for thistle management, whether, whether it be a chemical application, we can't get in there to apply it unless we're backpack, backpack spraying or spot spraying. We can't get in there and do a broadcast application unless it's mown down. Um, so I think, and typically that happens in the spring and or fall, and then you can get in there uh, with products that, that then can control that thistle throughout the year, wherever you try to be preventatively or post-application. Post we talked about the changing delayed seasons earlier in this episode. Maybe it's too early for folks to tell and, and for you to, to hear this from others, but have you noticed the, the management plans starting any later, especially in certain areas where maybe winter does take hold a little longer and, and spring does last a little longer or Again, is that is it just too early to tell? I would say, yeah. I think some turf professionals and, and, and managers have really paid attention to that and have delayed different applications. And then I've seen the opposite. I've seen where it's, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and get something done and get it out to try to get ahead of the game on maybe that one or two days that it was 70 degrees. So there's good and bad with both approaches. One, it relieves time and resources. The other... Um, you're looking at, you know, more of a targeted agronomic approach. But this year, I think you still have time regardless of what you did. When it comes to thistle, you know, we talked about mowing, but there are products out there and there's some broadleaf products that do work better. And we do have time to do that. For example, if you're using a typical three-way, and we'll just say typical three-way, a 2,4-D, which works really well on thistle, dicamba, MCPP, uh, MCPA, um, you might have to do uh, repeat applications, but you still have time to do it. This spring, you can go after it as they are younger weeds. You, you mow these areas down, and then it, then it produces new growth, and then you can uh, go through that 
and clean those up. Some other great combination products um, that work really well in the spring are triclopyr and uh, with or without Copirolid or Turfalon Ester Ultra and Confront. Those can be used um, and depending on your species out there and they do really well on thistle. But there are two products that create the flexibility, especially with the springtime, the way it is, whether it be late, whether it been early or whatnot, that really can go after thistle. One is a combination of 2,4-D and aminopyrrolid, which is native clean. Um, it has some residual control, uh, depending on your location, up to six months. So say you were late this spring or wasn't able to get out this spring and you used native clean that will clean that thistle up and give you residual through that that crazy prediction of a year that i think we're going to have where summer just never stops um so that will give you some of that and to say you did it early in the year um like i said i saw guys go out early in the year say if they use native clean then you're still going to have residual um to be able to clean up those but what i really think is that we got the flexibility we got time in the spring. We got time all the way throughout the fall. You can use native clean in the fall as well after you mow or, or before. But in the summertime, the good thing is we have an option. Summer is hot and we always worry, worry, worry about the heat and hurting our turf, whether it be our native areas, whether it be our roughs, fairways, whatever it is. But fluoxapyr is also fluoxapyr combined with 240 choline. Is a great combination that will also do really well on thistle. We have a product uh, with Corteva AgriScience called Game On. It contains 2,4-D choline, fluoxapyr, and Aerolix, which is a new active ingredient, and it doesn't have any temperature restrictions. So these are tools that can be used in your toolbox as a turf manager. It's like, I didn't get out in the spring. Now it's 95 degrees. What do I do? Go to my toolbox. See what tools are in my toolbox. Where in the early spring, you could have maybe used a different tool, a different wrench type thing. So with the spring being a different uh, cooler, whether it be the Midwest, you know, later, there are some tools in that toolbox that can help you be successful in managing thistle and other broadleaf weeds. And here, the best part of it, well, you still got time. Say this year wasn't the year to get into it in the spring, go after it in the fall. That's a great time to really control broadleaf weeds. You can use many of the products that I mentioned in the fall as well and get excellent, excellent control. I have to imagine that temperature flexibility helps a lot too because we're moving past the, the wild fluctuations, but there have been a lot of places in the United States, a lot of spots where it was in the 30s or 40s a day or two after being in the 70s or 80s. And now we're not going to have that throughout the summer, but just to be able to have those wild swings and have that not affect broadleaf and especially thistle control has to be a positive for a lot of turf pros, I imagine. Yes, I agree. I think, um, well, this is the swings this year were the, the most I've ever seen. Like you said, it's one day it was 35 degrees and the next day it was 77 degrees. And then the next day it was down to freezing temperatures again. I don't know if that confused the weeds as much as it confused us as humans. Um, but I would assume that it did. Um, and, you know, you look at the growing degree day models and whatnot, but I think it did give us, even though we did have warm days and those cooler nights is consistently what I saw throughout the Midwest. That's what I played a part in, in the delay maybe in, and maybe the weeds, but I would, I would assume even if we had the warmer 
fluctuations in earlier in the in the spring or even late winter those really cold days as as it would impact bermuda grass in the south for example with heavy frost and whatnot it does the same for those weeds as they want to make sure that they are reproducing at an optimal time i think we still got time to take care of it i don't think the weather especially when it comes to thistle has has hurt the thistle as it's been around uh, for years and years and years and now that it's a noxious weed in many places it can withstand those temperature fluctuations and or differences in in the weather which sometimes i wonder if it's really differences in the weather or it's just shifting upon the calendar year um, as are many of our recommendations are, are based upon calendar years as we're now trying to see better methodology of predicting germination or predicting management with growing degree days and other other more sophisticated type models. Although it's been crazy year, I think uh, we'll still be able to get some good control, uh, whether it be in combination with management plans and, and some products that are out there. Jared, is there anything else that turf pros should take into consideration when they are developing or revising their management programs? You've, you've Man, you've included a lot of good stuff here, but anything that you might not have mentioned or I might not have asked about? One thing I would probably reiterate is really sit down as a turf professional and especially with his native areas, and this can be elaborated outside of native areas, but really focus on what the priorities are and focus on what products and or solutions are out there to really relieve stress as a turf grass manager. Um, there are ways of achieving goals, for example, managing native and naturalized areas. And I know today we talked about thistles, but broadleaf weeds are the number one complaint in native and naturalized areas. And using, there's many, like I said, there's many tools in a toolbox. There's small wrenches, big wrenches, hammers, uh, small hammers, big hammers, whatever it be. But look at those tools in the toolbox and yeah, this tool might be cheaper than that tool might be more expensive, but what is the value of that tool? Is that one more durable? Does it last longer? And looking at the analogy of, so I am now managing X amount of acres on my golf course and I, I don't have time to get into it or only have time to mow it. What is the one thing that I can do? And I think, for example, like I will reiterate native clean using two active ingredients, aminopyrrolid and 2,4-D are two great chemistries that have a broad spectrum, great knockdown, and they're able to give you residual control throughout the year. And so it's a tool that really, really can help um, with management of it. But long story of it short, as a turf manager, think about what is the ultimate goals of those native and naturalized areas what is the target weeds? It may be more than just thistle and really, really make a plan and utilize, I, I like to call it maybe the 80-20, the depending, as we all have a lot of things going on in this world today, you know, you could, you may be able to do one thing at 100% and you get 100% benefit of it. But what if you could do one thing at 20% and get 80% benefit of it out of it? So then that would mean that you could do, you know, five things at 20% and get 400% benefit. So I try to think about that when it comes to native and naturalized management and, and 
what are the small things that we can do that go a long way? And that's picking the right tool from the toolbox and inadvertently putting that into your management plan. Shifting gears just a little bit, what sort of role does Thistle play in any ecological plans on course that you've seen or you've read about or maybe you've even been a part of them, Jared? Kind of like I mentioned before, what roles do they do on the golf course in native and naturalized areas? I know we talked about it a little bit before, but it increases your plant diversity in these areas. But what I'm seeing, especially when it comes to the integration of of native and naturalized areas and the diversity of whether it be wildflowers or pollinator areas, it does create an ecological or biodiversity plant base. But what we do see, depending on your management of these areas, it will evolve as thistle is an invasive species that it can it can it can take over different areas and what happens is in these areas when we increase the biodiversity so much whether we have grasses uh different species of grasses warm season cool season whatever that species might be and we integrate wildflowers or we integrated vetches into them or and we even have weeds um like like thistle into it what we have created is a weed management nightmare. Being able to selectively control what we don't want and keep what we do want now goes back to that management plan where I think of where we're not using that 80-20 anymore. Now we have to put 100% effort into it, whether it be our times, our resources, our budget, whatever it might be. So as it comes on the ecological side of it, I typically look at it as more of this was just a weed on the course due to the aesthetics of the weed and the player safety of the weed and the invasiveness of the weed. You know, kind of like the like the medicinal purposes of thistle. That one would be one that I would I would feel more comfortable kind of uh, moving over to an ecological expert as they probably know more. They would know more about that than I would. And I'll leave you with this as spring finally turns into summer. What else should superintendents and other turf pros, other turf managers know about thistle? Maybe even after listening to this podcast for the last 30 or so minutes, maybe even things they haven't considered or they haven't seen out on the turf. Well, with thistle, one thing first, especially as spring goes into summer, it's easier to get into your native or naturalized areas earlier in the year once it is up tall. That is one thing that I would consider. Smaller weeds, especially thistle, sometimes are easier to control than others. Although once they go to seed later on in the year, we see excellent control um, with thistles in the fall. So like kind of we mentioned before, there is time. Look at the program, see what best fits you as a turf professional, as a turf manager. See, thistle may not even be a problem. It may be something else, but you still do have time as spring is turning into summer. There still are tools in that toolbox. Um, whether it be native clean or something like game on, if you have to go hit it in the middle of the summertime due to no temperature restrictions and it's hot in the summer. But ultimately, focus on time that you can give back to yourself as a professional. I know it's easier said than done. Stacking the big rocks in the jar and filling the sand in the jar as we only have a, a limited amount of time. So whether it be thistle, whether it be other weeds on the golf course in these native areas, what can we prioritize? What can we do to take care of those those problems throughout the year and still have time for ourselves and, and our families moving forward through the year? And anything else that you want to discuss, anything else you want to plug or promote before we let you go today? 
Oh man, you give me a you give me an open stage. This could turn into sure. a, another hour long of talking about stuff. <laughs> I, I I can geek out about killing weeds all the time. I just would like to mention one. Thank you for having me on. I do appreciate this. This has been great. I could talk about weed management, whether it be whatever species of it is, all day long. But just in general, um, I know I've mentioned this a couple times. I would look, especially if you're looking in the thistle and other broadleaf weeds. Make sure you're looking at native clean. It works in the spring and the fall. It gives you the residual. It has um, rain fast, two hours. It's it's a very flexible product that gives time back to you as a turf professional. Also look in the turf lawn ester or confront. Uh, that contains, confront contains compirolid and, and triclopyr or turf lawn ester that's triclopyr only. These work really well on some of these other broadleaf weed, weed species. As well as I mentioned game on. Um, it is rain fast, two hours, no temperature restrictions. It contains three active ingredients that is very tolerant to a lot of species of grasses and very flexible used on golf courses, used for thistle application as well as other broadleaves. Those are just three of Corteva's tools in the toolbox. And what we strive as agronomic managers or agronomic uh, specialists is these tools can help you control problematic weeds like thistle and give time back to you so you can either focus on other things, but hopefully focus on other things outside of work, um, like family and friends and, and free time. But with that, I do appreciate everything. Thanks for having me on. And if anybody ever wants to talk about talk about killing weeds, thistle, or native management area, please don't hesitate to reach out. I am on Twitter at Jared underscore Hoyle. And it is on, obviously every podcast platform that we publish this on, but in case you're not reading it, in case you're just listening, that is Jared, J-A-R-E-D underscore Hoyle, H-O-Y-L-E. You got it. Dr. Jared Hoyle is Territory Manager for Corteva AgriScience. You're making me wish I had paid more attention in biology and chemistry. I was a solid B, B minus, but now I've got a yard full of weeds. Oh, that's just his uh, job security for the rest of us, I think, right? <laughs> Jared, great to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a great one. My thanks again to Dr. Jared Hoyle, Territory Manager for Turf and Ornamental for Corteva AgriScience, for taking some time to talk thistle. And my thanks to all of you for listening to Talkin' Turf Weeds and all the podcasts here on the Superintendent Radio Network. Beyond the Page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and Tartan Talks drop on Tuesdays. Real Turf Techs with Trent Manning drops on the third Wednesday of every month. And Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel drops on the first Thursday of every month. And there will be more episodes of Talking Turf Weeds throughout this spring and summer. That's when weeds seem to pop up everywhere. All brought to you by Corteva AgriScience. Because, again, your turf matters. And Corteva is here to help you defend it. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you will spend less time battling troublesome turf challenges and more time building the picture-perfect experience for your members. For everybody here at Golf Course Industry and the Superintendent Radio Network, I'm Matt Lowell. Thanks so much for listening. I should have mentioned when you told it in there. It's like uh, for the longest yeah. time, I and maybe you can record it. You can throw this in there. You mentioned having a lawn full of weeds. Um, for the longest time, 
when I first moved to Kansas, I didn't do anything to my lawn. I went out, but I did consulting. I helped and we went out and worked with superintendents and, and lawn care operators. And then people started figuring out where I lived. And then they noticed um, how awful my lawn was. Um, <laughs> and so at one point in my career, I had to say, all right, I've got to start uh, actually taking care of my lawn. Otherwise, people are, are, are not going to believe me when I say something. <laughs>